0: Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
1: And here we are, Raider Nation, live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Been here all day long. The Morning Tailgate, Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang started things off. And then you heard from JT the Brick. He was just on from noon to 2. And I'm going to hold it down now from 2 to 5 p.m. and got a star-studded affair. Let me tell you, so many good guests to get to on today's show. Very excited about that. And uh, before we go do the the rundown, before we talk about Aaron Donald and the money he just got, I want to get into the opening drive and get this thing started. Let's jump into the opening drive.
0: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
1: Now, Raider Nation, you know that I am one that always says DBs win games. And so with that being said, Second year safety Trayvon Merrick joins me here in studio, and how does that feel to even hear second year safety?
2: Man, it's it's exciting and it's a blessing, you know. That means I'm still here, being able to do, you know, the job I love to do. So it's definitely fun and humbling.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And we're here in the Iron Healthcare Performance Center, this studio, and you're like, man, this is this is a nice little oh, studio, yeah, a nice yeah, little setup. I came setup. in
2: here and I was like, oh, this is smooth, man. I, <laughs> I haven't been up here, but it's a smooth little setup, man, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's cool to be able to have players and coaches to come in here now because you know the last couple of years it's been crazy with the pandemic and everything and so everything's been real isolated but now to be able to get back interact and everything. It's right. its a whole lot of fun. And today has been media day here at the Air Mountain Healthcare Performance Center. How how has that just been? Been going, taking a lot of pictures, yep. you know, doing a lot of interviews like we're doing right now. But yep. just how has that been for you?
2: It's been fun, man. You know, just coming out here, seeing a bunch of, you know, new faces, old faces, and just, you know, getting to catch up with everybody. Um, you know, seeing all the the players dressed out, you know, swagged out, um, you know, just brings me excitement and, you know, just makes me hopeful for the season, really. So it's a it's fun time out here today, um, getting there, getting to see everybody,
1: so. It kind of feel like you know that training camp's away is away, and mm-hmm. the season obviously is a ways away, but it doesn't kind of feel like, hey, wait, you know what football's not that far away, oh yeah,
2: oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> just from doing all this voluntary stuff, you know we it's getting down the stretch we here we come, so you know, football season approaching, so, you know, a lot of people feeling good, all the fans, all the players, so definitely an exciting time.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, it's starting to get hot here in Las Vegas, but that's not a big <laughs> deal to you. I mean, you're you're a Texas guy, you're oh, from yeah. TCU, so I just got here from Central Texas about a year ago, so the heat doesn't bother me either, oh, yeah. but you know it's starting to heat up, you know training camp's right
2: around the corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely starting to heat up, like you said, uh, Texas boys. so I'm used to that heat, but, right. uh, you know, we're about to get started, uh, get stuff in place, so like you said, here we go.
1: Talking again with uh, Trayvon Mer- Eric, second year safety out of TCU here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raider Nation Radio 920. And so you played the whole year as mm-hmm. a rookie last year. And, and I, mean, I know that those are your expectations. I've been following your career for a long time. Uh, the whole time you were at TCU, you know, you're doing big things at the back end of that Gary Patterson-led defense. But you. Uh, you, you've been doing it for a long time. So I know your expectations were to probably play all season long. But to actually go out there and do it, what was that like?
2: Um, like, I mean, it's, it's just exciting, you know, to do to, – this game you know wanted to do this since a little kid um, and you know to be able to show up and, and to play all those plays i was definitely fortunate um, blessed you know that my body was still be being able to do that and to stay intact and and that the coaches you know were able to trust me to, to do that as well as my teammates so um you know it's definitely a humble experience
1: well last season was the first year of 17 games in the regular season plus <laughs> you went to the playoffs so you played 18 games what moment was it where it was like, okay, the game is slowing down. I get
2: this. Mm, that is, that's a good question, man. Um, honestly, I would probably say Denver game um, after I got the pick. Um, that always
1: helps. Yeah, you know, it, you know, it does
2: help, you know. just right. the, You know, I finally got my hands on the ball for the first time, and, you know, it was after that, I just felt like, okay, I'm starting to you know, understand a little bit more of, of the scheme and what the coaches are asking of me. And that was the biggest thing for me is just try to do what the coaches asked me to do to the best of my ability. So, What
1: does it feel like when you get that interception? When you mm-hmm. get your hands on the ball and you secure it and you know you just turned it over, you got it for your offense, what does that feel
2: like? It's, man, it's, it's crazy. I mean, as soon as I caught the ball, I was like, oh, man, first pick. In the you know in the NFL as soon as that I did it that's what went through my head so um it's definitely just you know dream come true um you know we got to get a couple more but um, that first one w- was definitely you know special. I exactly. still have that ball. So I'm about to I, say, yeah, does, it took, oh, yeah, does it go on the mantle? Oh yeah, I got it on the mantle. You know, as friend. it's friend. It's it's in a little glass box. So um, definitely keeping on keeping that one.
1: I like it. I like. I, I would too. I would too. I, I saw Nate Hobbs uh, earlier this offseason, and he had a couple. And I said, hey man, what'd you do with yeah. those? Did you give one? Because he was talking about his mom. I said, did you give one to your yeah. mom. He's like, maybe next. year. <laughs> maybe next,
2: that's, that's <laughs> maybe next year. Right, right, I'm right. gonna
1: go
3: ahead and hold on
2: to these. Then they have the first one at least. Yeah. Got to. Got to. <laughs>
1: exactly. Again, We're talking with Trayvon Merrick here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And and as I mentioned, man, being in Texas and you went to a big powerhouse high school in Texas, we were just, uh, before we came on the air, talking about Texas high school football, I always tell everybody it's a different ball game. Definitely. What does Texas high school football mean to you?
2: Man, it it means a lot, you know, it's just a different energy, Um, you know, seeing football played, you know, in other states. And, man, just Texas is a different energy. The stadiums, the players, just, you know, how many, you know, players and students are in right. these schools. It's just a big-time atmosphere for anybody playing in Texas, you know, high school football. So
1: I'll tell you, man, I w- got on a couple of broadcasts. I was on the sidelines. And it didn't matter if it was a small school, small program, right. 1A, 2A, 3, right. whatever, or a 6A. It was, like, the last person in town Turn off the lights. Right. right, right, definitely. Everyone's
2: coming out. Everybody wants to come out, you know, Friday Night Live and, you know, to see a good game, to see, you know, good competition, and that's what you're going to get in in Texas high school football.
1: How do you feel that that, you took that experience from Texas high school football, you went to TCU, and then you came to the NFL, obviously. How do you feel like that progression, you know, started at the Roots, which was high school football?
2: Um, You know, like you said, it started, um, you know, in high school. uh, I actually played corner. um, Really, actually running back until my sophomore year, they switched me to corner, and that was my first time playing defense. But Um, You know, since then, I just fell in love with defense, fell in love Mm -hmm. with the progress uh, or the process, you know, of just – training, um, coaching, and just being able to learn from different experiences. So I think that's been, you know, helpful coming into the, into the league and, and learning from that.
1: Speaking of learning, I know you did a ton of learning at TCU. Oh, yeah. Gary Patterson, uh, his defenses were exotic, but you did multiple things right. and, and you just were really great defenses. How much did learning from GP help you?
2: Oh, a lot, man. Um, a tremendous amount. Um, he just helped me with my football knowledge, you know, and, a, you know, away from football as well, just helped me as a man. Um, but in terms of football, he helped me with knowledge, just learning how to play the safety position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him and, and my, my position coach, Paul Gonzalez, as well, um, they put a lot of time and effort into me, and I'm, I'm thankful and humble that I was able to learn from them and, and you know, keep elevating my game.
1: Right, no doubt. Well, now you're headed into your second year. You, obviously, there's a new regime here, but just uh, OTAs have been going on. It's voluntary, but you're here. You're putting in the work. What, what has it been like just being back with the guys?
2: It's been fun, um, you know, like, like you said, just being back with the guys, um, you know, putting Doing some work, um, you know, finding time outside of football to hang out and um, get the bond and learn each other, especially some of the new guys. So, um, it's been exciting to see everybody, you know, willing to come out here and, you know, and put some work in, you know, when, when it's, you know, technically voluntary, but right. um, you know, it's a good time. It's
1: good. It, it's voluntary, but you want to be here. You, <laughs> right. you want to be here, Definitely. you want to learn, you you want to keep developing, because you always keep getting better, right. you know, right. and that right. was something that, like Charles Woodson always said, that his game just continued to develop right. and develop and get better and better. What are some of the goals that you have for this year? Uh,
2: some of the goals, man, to be honest, um, it's just this kind of person I am. I'm, I'm not too big into the individual stats, yeah. really. I just want to do, you know, what the coach has asked me to do, um, you know, Earned the trust of my teammates, and then whatever happens after that, you know, was, is what was meant to be. So right. um, that's kind of how I look at it.
1: There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah. it's funny. I was talking to Lester Hayes here on Saturday. Him and Mike Haynes were here, and I, I told him that multiple people said, "Hey, that's my favorite player." So when mm. I said that to him, he said, "It's never about me. Right. It's never been about me. It's right. always about we. When right. we when we win, everyone, mm-hmm. you know, you become Everybody the fair wins. player. Right. 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 That's,
2: how, that's how it is. I mean, that's that's teamwork right there in itself. So. everybody doing their 111, you know, we're going to come out victorious most of the time. So, that's kind of my goal.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of weapons that have been brought in for the Raiders organization. So, how much do you think that that's going to help sharpen your even the defensive skills for them? not just you but the whole defense?
2: Um, you know, we brought it like you said. We brought in a lot of good guys, um, and I think um, you know the big thing for them and what they're focusing on is just doing what the coaches asking them to do. I think that's you know the main thing. We got a lot of new guys, but we're not trying to be too ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We got we got focus just like everybody else does in this training camp. So, I feel like everybody, um, the newcomers, you know. Including are just going to put their head down and do what the coaches ask them to do.
1: What have you seen from the young core? I mean, I'm talking about you, Nate, you know, Max Crosby, just got the contract extension. But you guys are our core players on this defense and are going to help grow and develop Mm -hmm. this team. How much kind of responsibility do you even feel, you know, that's on you as well?
2: Um, You know, I I feel like that's on all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just like you said, that we're the young guys. Um, I feel like we've we've grown a lot. Um, But, you know, as long as we come together um, and, and, you know, just talk it out. Um, you know when nobody can really do it by themselves so I feel like if you got a strong team behind you right um, we'll be able to get anything done. What was
1: it like in Allegiant Stadium? What was it like hearing Raider Nation cry, yelling and screaming and just just roaring especially yeah. that week 18 game against the Chargers?
2: Man it's crazy I love that stadium I love the fans they bring so much energy um, and, you know that pushes us that inspires us so um, we're looking forward to that this season um, I know it's going to be another crazy year another crazy season so right um, we're excited to see the fans back in the stadium filled up. Have you
1: Taking a peek at what's going on in the AFC West because it is going to be a dogfight oh, yeah. each and every it's week. It's going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. It's going to
2: be crazy. You know, we got four great teams, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, you know, everybody's going to have to come in um, prepared, Right. You know, ready to execute, and whoever does the best is going to come out on top. I'll
1: tell you this, and people don't like to hear it, but I always say if you have to go through a division like the Raiders are going to have to go through this year mm-hmm. with the AFC West, who can't you beat? You go right. out there and beat the, the the players in your or the right. teams in your division. That's that's those are top notch teams. Right. right. You're, you're battle tested, yeah, right? Definitely. I mean, does definitely. it that, that that has to help?
2: Oh yeah, it definitely does. Um, you know, it's just kind of the mindset of you know the next next team up. You know, we got to focus on on one team. You know, ignore everything else. Um, and then after that game, we got to clear the slate and it's on to that one. So I think if we take that approach, then. You know, we'll, we'll find ourselves doing pretty
1: good. Before I let you go, and uh, I know that you got to focus on the Raiders, you got to focus on what you're doing here in Las Vegas. But uh are you peeking at the Big 12? Are you starting to get a little <laughs> look at the Big 12 and see what's <laughs> going bit, on? A little
2: bit, yep. Yeah, I see a little bit <laughs> what's going on. You know, because so you know those Baylor
1: changing. Bears won it last year. Oh, that, yeah. that doesn't sit well with. Um, oh no, rock. don't don't sit well with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but.
2: uh I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty confident my boys back at TCU will bounce back and do their things. I have
1: no doubt the Big 12 is always fun to watch. Well, Trayvon, thank you so much for your time. Good luck on the season. Thanks for joining us here on Media Day. Thank
2: you so much. It's been fun. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. There he is, Raiders' second-year safety, Trayvon Merrick out of TCU, kicking things off here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm gonna have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. I don't know about you, Raider Nation. I don't think I've ever
1: had a better way to start off a show ever than being blessed to be in the studio with Trayvon Merrick, second year safety out of TCU. But that's what happened today, so hopefully you uh, were able to enjoy and hear that conversation that I had to start the show off, and uh, man, I'm telling you, if that's, if that's an indication what this week's going to be like, very excited, going three hours long, three hours strong here on Unnecessary Roughness, 2 to 5 p.m., hopefully you enjoyed hearing the morning tailgate this morning with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang. Of course, JT the Brick held it down from 12 to 2, had Andre James as one of his guests on the show as well, and then for me to start things off with Trayvon Merrig, and as I say all the time, DBs win games, and... That's facts. That's facts right there. But uh, let me tell you, we have a loaded show for you today. My man Deman Cotton is back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. But we have a loaded show for you. I mean, if you if you blink, man, this show is going to be over before you know it. Again, going all the way up till 5 o'clock, but coming up at 2.30 – to Sean Reed from The Athletic. He's going to join the show. Uh, he's been having a lot of good uh, content that he's been putting out on The Athletic. He was at the Von Miller uh, SAC Academy, the summit that he had over the weekend. He was there in attendance, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, a lot of good stuff to get to with uh, Tashaun. Of course, he's been at OTAs. He'll be at Mandatory Minicamp, which is the next three days here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We'll all be in attendance of that, but uh, just kind of pick his brain on what he'll be looking for, uh, what he thinks of the, the Raiders roster right now. That's coming up at 2.30. Then at 3.30, I I had an opportunity over the weekend to come to this very studio and talk to the great Lester Hayes. That's right. Lester Hayes was a fantastic conversation. Uh, lots of fun. Every time he's on the show, we have a lot of fun with him. But to be able to sit here in person with him on Saturday afternoon and, and just chop it up. And then I was had an opportunity to talk to the Hall of Famer Mike Haynes right afterwards. Uh, that was awesome as well. You'll hear that conversation tomorrow. But Lester Hayes, you'll hear coming up today at 3.30. At four o'clock, we'll have Daryl, the Guru Johnson from ninety five seven, the game in the Bay Area. He'll join the show to talk about the NBA Finals, the Warriors and the Celtics all knotted up at one. And I'll tell you, even as a Warrior fan, I'm looking at it like, man, I know that they uh, they played really well. I know that they uh, you know they cruised to a victory in Game Two, but uh, this this series is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I do believe I would not be shocked if this series goes seven games. Uh, but I know the series is shifting back to Boston, so that doesn't get started till Wednesday. So we'll see. Game three will be on Wednesday, but uh, we'll talk to Guru about what he saw from the Warriors side of things. Jordan Poole stepping up and playing a big role. Klay Thompson, he's still on the back of a milk carton. Is he going to appear? I do believe that he'll he'll shoot himself out of that shooting slump he's in right now, but right now he's struggling. So uh, we'll talk to Daryl Guru Johnson from 95.7 The Game coming up at 4 o'clock to all things Warriors, and we'll talk to Boston Celtics. We also have an NBA Finals preview on Wednesday where we'll really do a deep dive when it comes to the Boston Celtics. Then at 4.30... Chuck Smith, former Falcon edge rusher, Dr. Rush is what he calls himself right now. Uh, he was also part of the Von Miller uh, Summit over the weekend here in Las Vegas where a lot of edge rushers, a lot of uh, quality Past rushers, including Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, were in attendance of. So we'll talk to him about just everything that he's got going on and what he saw from that camp over the weekend on Saturday, as a matter of fact. So uh, got a loaded show for you today. Very excited about everything that we have coming for you. Plus, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. And I know there's not going to be a whole lot of time for calls and texts, but we'll squeeze them in as much as possible. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. And we got the Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword r is always wide open. Like some old school TV antennas. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and crack things open. Let's go ahead and get things going with my guy Rich in Oakland. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show.
4: Up hey,
1: Q? How's it going? Oh, man. I'm blessed. How you doing?
4: Good. How are you? I'm actually currently driving through Antioch right now. I'm sure you're
1: pretty familiar nice. with this
4: area,
5: too. Yeah, buddy. Uh, um, so I listened to your podcast this morning. On uh, I mean, since Brett Musburger's done, um, who I didn't really like as a play-by-play,
4: anyways, but I was thinking as his replacement who's good on TV good with interviewing what about Kirk Morrison?
1: Man man you know that's I don't know if Captain Kirk would want to do play-by-play I think he'd be really good at color I'm not too sure if he wants to do uh, play-by-play but he's great in the booth he's great I mean whatever he wants to do whatever he wants to put his mind to he, he could do he's fantastic I, I would have no problem with that I know he's on the Rams broadcast right now
0: yeah
5: I just I figured I, he, he, watching his videos he's, he, he's a he's a raider through and through I was
4: like yeah we're gonna have a radio in there. Kirk Morrison would probably be one of my favorites to take the take that role. But decide to get your opinion on it.
1: Yeah, no, hey, and thank you for the call, my man. I, I would have no problem with Kirk getting the role. Like I said, uh, I don't know if he wants to do play-by-play, uh, but I know that what he does in the booth, he does a fantastic job with. And, and again, if knowing, knowing Kirk for a very long time, everything that he puts his mind to, he does at a very high level. And I was so honored and blessed to be able to be a part of the the draft special that we had right here in the studio where we had JT the Brick, Eric Allen, Kirk Morrison, and myself. I'm just kind of sitting around looking like, really? <laughs> really, this is the room I'm sitting in with these guys? Eric Allen, Kirk Morrison, JT the Brick, I mean all these are, are are iconic folks that have to do with the Raiders and then there's me. You know, like I was I was in a uh man, I I was almost almost got caught slipping a couple times, like just kind of getting get stuck paying attention and watching what, uh, what was going on instead of being a part of the conversation but uh, again man when you get caught up with uh, with folks that you remember and you've, you've grown up with and, and even jT man I've grown up listening to JT for so many years it's, it's crazy just to, to follow him up every day on the radio it's it's hilarious I used to drive out of the the Coliseum parking lot and JT would be doing the post game show you know and it'd be I think it'd be down at uh, what in it would be somewhere down there and I'm like man I, I ought to go down there but uh, you know, I usually end up going somewhere else. But the point is, you know, I've just been listening listening to uh, him for a very long time, following Kirk's career, following Eric Allen's career. So uh, to be able to be a part of that was pretty cool. Let's get a, go ahead and get one more call in. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy. Mitch in New Jersey, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man?
4: What's up, brother? I'm going to talk a little NBA.
1: <laughs> okay, holler at me. All uh,
4: right, soon. Very soon. Hopefully you'll have your own team expansion. You in Seattle. Come on. Okay. get with it, you know?
1: I'm okay with that.
4: Hey, uh, Golden State, you know Curry. Curry is a GG. He never won MVP in the finals or during the season. Well, Curry, for the finals, that never won MVP. It doesn't right. matter. He still got it. He took over. Uh, I'm still waiting for uh, Thompson and Wiggins to get with it, get jigged with it. Even um, Moses Moody and Kaminga. No way, for is going to bring his no, no further than six games. I think Jose's got it. They're a dynasty now, would
1: you say? Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Thank you for the call, my man. And you know what's so funny is that you talked about Curry and not winning a a finals MVP. So right now he's balling. Right? I mean, the first two games, he's balling out of control. And so now instead of what I heard leading up to the finals was, well, uh, Curry, his, his championships he has doesn't matter because he wasn't, he wasn't the best player on the court. He's never won a finals MVP. Like, that nonsense is what I heard leading into the finals. Now he's had two monster games and the Warriors have come away with one victory. And now everyone's saying, well, he's doing too much. Well, he needs to rely on his teammates a little bit more. Wait, hold on. What is it? What do you want him to do? Do you want him to be the MVP? Do you want him to ball out? Or do you want him to defer like he did when KD was there, and then you hold it against him later? I mean, when it comes to Steph, it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You know, it's it's so funny. I've been doing national radio shows that have been telling me that Steph Curry's championships that he won with KD don't count because he won them with KD and he wasn't the best player on the court. Now, I argued that. I didn't agree with that because that was BS and that was a guy that was just being a straight Steph Curry hater. But then he turns around and has two monster games where he's actually, the Warriors going to win this series and he keeps playing like he is. There's no doubt, hands down, he's the MVP, right? But right now, the national conversation is, well, he's doing too much. He's doing too much. He needs to rely on his teammates. He, what, do you, what, what do you want? If I'm Steph Curry, I'm sitting back laughing, like, what do you want me to do? Right? It's hilarious. I, I think that, that that conversation, the way it has shifted, is so funny. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, gave me a chance to kind of vent on that. And we'll talk to Daryl Guru Johnson at four o'clock, and I'll definitely make sure to bring that up as well. One quick text and then we'll take a break. This comes from Sir Whiskey Ray uh, on the on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R and and D. It's no secret that momentum is definitely on our side as we put together a great day yesterday in the sports world. I have a feeling momentum will continue here this week. Sincerely, the Golden State Warriors, Coach Sean McVay marrying his beautiful wife, and Rafael Nadal. Again, that's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And Mama Q has no problem giving some props to Rafael Nadal. That is her guy. So uh, I'm sure she would agree with that. Text 100%. 2.25 is the time. We're live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Coming up next, we're going to talk to our guy, Tashaun Reeve from The Athletic. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: It's Unnecessary Roughness.
1: I get up out of bed fired up. Sometimes the wife's like, hey, man, calm it on down. You ain't on air. <laughs> it ain't always got to be shut up. I just time. thought about
0: you just waking up. Boom!
1: <laughs> Scared the hell out of everybody. That's how you get out of bed.
0: <laughs> Welcome, back. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q.
1: Over the weekend, Vaughn Miller, the great pass rusher. Obviously, Super Bowl champ with the Broncos, Super Bowl champ with the Rams, now Buffalo Bill. He had his pass rush summit on Saturday. He has it each and every year here in Las Vegas. And our guy, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic, he was in attendance. He was one of many that was in attendance, and he's joining us now on the phone lines. And Tashawn, thank you for your time, your peace. This is for us. Raiders Chandler Jones and Max Crosby sharpened skills at Von Miller event. How cool was that for you to be in attendance and see all the great pass rushers out there being a part of this Von Miller summit?
5: It was dope, man. I mean, really, the last couple of seasons, we haven't had a ton of those sort of informal sessions where you can be around the guys and not have, you know, restrictions due to COVID and things of that nature. And so just to be out there on the field with, you know, not just Max and Chandler, but some of the the premier pass rushers in the league. And also I I got to spend some time back with them watching film um, inside the school that they they were holding it at. Um, You know, just kind of the inside look that you really haven't gotten um you know before the pandemic started and so just from that standpoint it was cool and then also just you know seeing how much detail and nuance goes into those moves that, that look so so simple you know when watching it in the game you know something as simple as a Max probably spin move it looks really you know natural and fluid to him but when you you see him break it down step by step you see how much is actually going through his head and and, and the process behind it and you know, that, that really applies to, to most of the moves from some of the guys out there, from Chandler to Devon Miller to Justin Houston and Cam Jordan. So just seeing all that, you know, kind of up close in person, it was dope.
1: Yeah, no, it really was, and and going through your piece and just reading it, and you know, taking pieces from it, and just kind of thinking about it, and there was a lot of teaching that was going on there. And Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, as you mentioned, Justin Houston, all these guys coming together—they all play against each other, but it's like a fraternity of edge rushers. So, uh, how how cool was it just to hear Crosby and Chandler Jones really break break these things down? Like, what what was your biggest takeaway from some of the breakdowns that they had? I think
5: it was, you know, sort of you know, while, like, some of these guys may have moves that look the same, like, their approach can be much different. Like, mm-hmm. Chandler, you know, he was explaining, like, he takes the same you know, approach in terms of his steps and his mindset to every rush and then he sort of reacts and ad lives based off of what happens. Whereas some other guys are like, no, I know what I'm doing specifically on this play because I know from film state that this guy does this. And so it's just like, you know, even though it may look the same, their process to get to that point, you know, could be be wildly different. And then even just you know, seeing some older guys like like Von Miller and Chandler Jones in turn turn around and, and ask Max Crosby a question. You know, Max Crosby's obviously established himself as one of the better pass rushers in the league, but he's only been in in the game for you know four seasons now. And these guys have been doing it for ten plus years, and you know even the older guys are still out there trying to learn and ask questions. These guys that have over hundred sacks in their career and they're consistent year in and year out, but they're still trying to identify those ways to improve. And it's something that. You know, it's kind of cliche, like guys say that every year, you know, when we ask them the press conference, but actually seeing it in action out there, you know, for some of those guys, I'm not saying everybody falls through with it, but obviously these guys who are the cream of the crop, you know, they wouldn't be where they are without doing that.
1: Right, and, you know, Max Crosby, he gets a lot of respect around the league from, from other players. How much do you think that that could possibly help the Raiders uh, moving forward with trying to bring in, you know, free agents like Chandler Jones, who said he's in Las Vegas because of Max Crosby, or one of the main reasons he's in Vegas?
5: Yeah, I mean it's you know, they've they've pretty much transitioned into being a place where, where people want to come. I mean, between Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams pretty much forcing his way to come here and uh, you know, holding on to guys, you know, Max resigning here and Derek resigning here. Uh, you know, I think especially if they go out and, and can win at a high level, I don't see any reason why not. You know, obviously they're in Vegas at a brand new stadium, brand new facility. Um, you know, Mark Davis has opened up the opened up the checkbook a little bit, yeah. both in terms of facilities and and the roster and so um, Crosby, uh, along with other guys on the team, but I, th- I think really Crosby, his, his respect level, it'll more so have a football impact in terms of how other teams treat him. You know, we saw that a little bit um, in the back half of last season after he got off to that hot start, teams started to, to chip on more with a running back or tight end or double team him. He's going to start getting more attention, and that's going to push him to, to have to find some new ways to win. He's not going to get as many one-on-ones. Even you know last year, he had Unique Ngakwe on the other side of the field, right. so while Chandler Jones, you know, even if he may be a better player, um you know, it wasn't like, you know, teams could just focus on Max because there wasn't anybody else out there. So he's going to have to have to find ways to beat, beat multiple guys and, you know, participate in events like that. vast, vast environment and pastors camp is going to help them get there.
1: Talking right now with Deshaun Reed from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, you've been at OTAs as well on uh, the days that they were open to the media, and I know that we're really far away, and you actually are the smart one. You got the binoculars out. Uh, what have you been focusing <laughs> in on the most at OTAs?
5: Honestly, um, because of how far away they have this position, like you can only see so much when it comes to, you know, a particular play. So I've more so been trying to focus on uh, you know, formations and alignments, some stuff that we can't report necessarily, but right uh, some of the schematic changes, um, you know, obviously they're making both an offensive and defensive scheme change from last year and so even if there are some familiar faces, you know, like a Trayvon Morig or Jonathan Abram or Hunter Renfro, Used differently than they were before. Max Crosby, the guy we've been talking about, you know, with him, you know, I mean, Patrick Graham is no secret. He's more of a multiple guy. He's more three, four, you know. How's Max Crosby look playing as more of a outside linebacker type than just a traditional defensive end, and so. Uh, especially since we've only seen a couple practices so far, I've been mostly focused on that sort of big picture stuff. And they're, they're just really running out there in, in jerseys and shorts. There's no pads on. There's not that much contact. So you don't want to put too much stock into how an offensive lineman is looking when there's no pads or, or real action going on. So hopefully this upcoming week with, with you know, the mandatory minicamp getting started and seeing a few consecutive practices in a row, we'll, we'll be able to have some greater takeaways when it comes to how individual guys are performing.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a treat. We have Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, three days in a row. So we'll be able to actually yeah. see, you know, some consistency. What do you think about the linebacking core? We know Denzel Perryman is the Pro Bowler, so we expect him to be there. Devon Diablo, I know he's been running with the red jersey, and then Jayon Brown, I know he's been out there as well. Kind of, how, how do you look at that linebacking core? It has a potential to shape up.
4: But it's going to be pretty
5: rotational. Um, you know, even with Denzel Perryman, while he's the, the best linebacker in the group and made, made a pro bowl last year. He's really had his struggles in pass coverage and um, I mean, he could improve in that area, but I don't see him suddenly becoming a guy that lights out in the department. Um, whereas guys like Devon Diablo or, or J. R. Brown are stronger. Um, and even beyond those three, you know, Michael Kaiser and uh, you know, some others that they brought into that group. Um, you know, they have a few starting caliber guys and, Um, You know, while they're going to mostly be in nickel packages where they only have two inside linebackers on the field, so there's not going to be a ton of time when they have three linebackers out there, but they could, you know, in moments or more obvious running situations. And So I think it's going to be a pretty deep and versatile group. Um, You know, obviously, Perryman's, you know, leading the way and he's the main name there, but I think they have a bunch of different body types and guys who specialize in different areas to where, you know, down and down and snap to snap. I think we'll see, you know, more guys coming in and out necessarily than, maybe the same two guys staying on for an entire series.
3: Yeah, Tashawn. about a week ago, you put out that piece on some players that would be available post June 1st for the Raiders to maybe in, go out and sign as of yet, the Raiders haven't signed anyone, Do you think that they're just going to keep the roster as is going into a training camp, or maybe they signed someone before that.
5: We'll see. I think my feel is that they're letting OTAs play out, given guys that they've, you know, collected on the roster so far, a fair chance to, to show what they have and improve themselves out there and, uh, you know, once they, OTAs are over and they have you know sort of a foundation to evaluate from, I think they can look at different positions and make a determination. You know, are we good there? Do we need to add a guy or two there? Um, and also, you know, obviously health is also going to be a factor in there. You know, so not trying to wish on anybody, but you know, those guys get hurt or guys like maybe Trayvon Mullen who had offseason surgery, how he's coming along and, and what he, what his status is looking like and. You know, I mean, teams you know, pretty much always, leading up to training camp or throughout training camp, they make some sort of roster move. So I don't think this is going to necessarily be the group that's in place all the way up until the end, right before the season starts. I'm sure there's going to be some changes, but it's certainly not guaranteed that they that they use that cap space to make a major outside sign and they could um, use it to re-sign some guys on the roster, maybe like a 100 and pro-type or somebody of that nature. Or they could just pocket it and use it for some added flexibility throughout the season. You know, like I said, injuries happen and Maybe players that they thought you know were going to play at a certain caliber don't, and they have to make an upgrade, or they can use it as capital over going into next season. You know they have they've given out a bunch of money this off season, and those cap hits are going to start going up in future years, and maybe maybe they just hang on to that extra cap space. And so um, there's a lot of different av- ways that it could go. I mean, it won't always it won't necessarily end with them adding a big name out there on the market.
1: Sean Reed is our guest right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Alex Leatherwood is taking reps at right tackle both times that we've been out there. That's something that I'll be paying attention to the next three days to see if he's out there again. Do you feel like that this could be one of those, there's, these guys are going to give him as much opportunity to earn that right tackle position, or do you think they're just going to continue doing that little cross-training that they're talking about?
5: I think they're giving him a legit shot. I feel like that's their best bet. I mean... Uh, I mean, from Brandon Parker, I mean, he's he's had some okay games here and there throughout his career, but I think at this point, we know that he's not, you know, somebody that's a, a long-term option to be a starter at right tackle. They brought him back on a one-year deal, um, but the, the amount of money that he got re-signed to, you know, a lot of swing tackles in the league make that money, so it doesn't guarantee that he's going to be the starter out there on the edge, and I mean, outside wood, he's only, still only 22 years old, first round pick last year. He was drafted out high for a reason. Um, and, and they had a really rough start to the season last year, but a lot, a lot of rookie tackles struggle I and mean, rookie offensive linemen in general, you know, Colton right. Miller was one of them. Um, and so it can't be ruled out that he, he can make a step forward and improve, um, you know, this season and beyond. And so I would much rather, you know, if I'm a team, see what the young guy has and, and see if he's taking that sort of step and, and what he can be rather than, you know, a veteran. I know what, what he is at this point. And, OTA now they're actually playing games and things count at this stage, so whether they have him out there or not doesn't really you know, win or lose anything, but uh, it was worth giving him a, a try, especially with a new offensive line coach and Carmen Brasillo and, and giving him a chance to, even though he can study film, see him up close and in person and, and see what he has.
1: Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And uh, final question for you, Tashawn. I know it's only OTAs and mandatory minicamp, and it's really hard to to judge what a running back room is going to look like just because, well, I mean, running backs, you know, it's, again, hard to see when they're practicing against themselves, uh, especially when there's no contact going on. But, uh, you know, kind of what is your gut feeling on the running back room, especially with Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and, of course, Brandon Bolden's on the two-year deal. But what are your thoughts on the running back room?
4: Yeah, I don't think it'll look too much
5: different. Uh, Workload-wise, from last season, I mean, Josh Jacobs is still going to be the guy, you know, the the lead guy, while Kenyon Drake kind of works in as a a spellback and more of a pass-catching option, um, whether it's out of the backfield or or lined up out on the perimeter. Um, And then Brandon Bolden is is pretty much taking over for Jalen Richard as that, you know, third-down running back who's a strong pass blocker, Um, isn't necessarily somebody you're going to hand the ball off to a ton or throw to a ton, but... He, he fills that role and, and does it well and has for a long time with the Patriots, and it's somebody that, that Josh McDaniels and that staff is familiar with. And so I think those three is going to be the main trio. Um, obviously, they, they drafted Zemir White, but I think he's more so somebody that, um, for one, he's, he's had injury issues in the past. And so I don't think that's, you know, if he's not going to have that starter main role, I don't know too much value in having him risk some extra hits. And you know, I think that's more of a future move and, and doing something for down the line um you know i guess a lot of it depends on health you know josh right. jacobs and Kenyon drake they both were beat up last season king and drake obviously suffering a, a season ending injury a little bit more serious you know are those guys upright for the entire year can they do that if not maybe you do call on samir white to get some carries and even bigger than that i, I think the main thing for the guys in the backfield is going to be whether the offensive line is better you know well a, a lot of focus last year was on the pass. how bad that was but the the run blocking was probably worse. The great guys really didn't have anywhere to run most of the time. and it was a, They had to fight tooth and nail to pretty much get every yard that they did. And So even if the, the room is healthy and the guys are talented, it's really not going to matter if they don't have anywhere to run. And So um, really I, I think it's going to be up to the big guys up front whether the, the running back room is productive or not this year.
1: Well, fantastic stuff as always, my man. Your piece that you have on Von Miller's event was great. What are you working on for the athletic that uh, we need to be on the lookout for?
5: Uh, don't wanna spoil it, but got a feature coming this week, along with obviously uh me and my, my beat partner Vic are gonna be out there for all three three days in a mandatory mini camp. So got plenty of Raider stuff pretty much throughout this whole week now. All
1: right. Well we'll definitely make sure to promote it and uh thank you so much. We'll see you out here tomorrow.
5: All right man, appreciate it. See you. Uh-
1: all right, there he goes, Tashaun Reed from The Athletic. Again, his piece right now, this is for us. Raiders Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, sharpen skills at Vaughn Miller event. And if you're a subscriber to The Athletic, I definitely encourage you to go check it out. A really good piece, really good breakdown. And Devon, you know it's a really good breakdown when Peter King says, excellent look by Tashawn Reed at the Vaughn Miller Pass Rush Summit. This is a really a terrific gift to the game by Miller, well told by Reed. I mean, that's a hell of a compliment from the great Peter King. So when I say that it's a really good piece that Tashaun put out, It's a really good piece that Deshaun put out. That's the
3: ultimate compliment getting it from Peter King.
1: I mean really, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, if there's a radio dude that uh that gives me a compliment, like uh, you know, a big time radio dude, I'm I'm feeling good about myself. And if you get a, a compliment like that, if you write a piece and the great Peter King gives you a compliment like that, you know you're doing something. So again, I definitely encourage everyone to go check that piece out on the athletic. And you know what? Before we uh before we take a quick break, let's go ahead and look for call number nine, man. 702-365-9200. Last pair of tickets that we have to go see Jurassic World. The movie premiere is tomorrow. Myself, Damon will both be in the building, hosting it, giving out prizes. We want to hang out with you, and we want you to hang out with us. So call number 9, 705-9200. We're going to send you to the movies with Raider Nation Radio
0: 920. Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness, Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q.
1: Got to give a big shout-out to our guy, Rob. Got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go see Jurassic World tomorrow. Final pair of tickets that we have the movie premiere should be fun. I don't know. They say it's the last Jurassic World, but I'll believe that when I see it. Everyone always says it's the last this, that, and the other, and then it's not. <laughs> so... We will see, but uh, we've had a fantastic start to the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, uh, going 2 to 5 p.m. every single day, three hours long, three hours strong. Hopefully you uh, had a good time waking up with the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang. Uh, That was a good show this morning right here from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Had some really good guests on the show and, of course, JT the Brick, noon to 2. But uh, we're rolling with you here uh, throughout the course of the day. We have a lot to get to. Cover 3 coming up at uh, 3 o'clock, news and notes around the NFL and uh, there is plenty to get to including Von Miller how about this Von Miller got not Von Miller excuse me I'm still thinking of Von Miller and the the passing uh, or the the rushing summit but uh, uh, Aaron Donald another one of those pass rushers that's fantastic Uh, he was one of those guys that was talking about possibly retiring right The, the word was oh you know I could always retire and I'd be satisfied and uh, it's a business and so you know it's always about the money. We talk about it all the time. Well, he got the money. The Rams reworked his deal. He had three years left on his contract. And it's funny, I was thinking about this over the weekend and talking about it and saying, how do they go in, and, and you know, rip up a three-year contract? He still has three years. That's, that's tough. I mean, we talk about Darren Waller and the fact he's got two years left. That's tough for some teams to do. But the Rams, they find ways to get it done, right? They reworked his three years that he had left on his contract, giving him a $40 million raise through 2024, making him the highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history at 31 years old. He gets $95 million through 2024. So, DeMond, he got the bag. He was taken care of.
3: Oh, yeah, but like you said, like he had three years remaining. There was no need to give him the bag. That's I to mean, my part. I know like yeah, you he's get, Aaron Donald. Get paid, get paid what you can. <laughs> right. But it's like I would have called his bluff. Uh, you know retire.
1: You, there's a reason why you're not the GM. No, I, and I, I understand what you're saying because it, it is a slippery slope, but there every player is not Aaron Donald, right? I mean, this guy is is uh he, he's just a dominant force each and every year. I mean, he's literally in his career had two seasons where he did not have double digit sacks. That's it. In his whole career, he's only had two seasons, and they were 8 and 9 sacks, respectively. So it's not like he was only at 3 or 4. I mean, this dude was at 8 and 9, or else he's been at 10, 12, 20, 18. I mean, this dude has been dominant uh, from the interior. Remember, it's the interior. We're not talking about edge rushers. We're talking about a D tackle. This dude is just a monster. So uh hey, the Rams, they gave him the monster deal. And I look at it like this, man. If the Rams have Aaron Donald, they have a fighting chance to win not only their division, but they have a chance to go deep into the playoffs. Without Aaron Donald, I don't think they win the division. I don't think they take a deep run into the playoffs. It's just as simple as that.
3: Also, credit to the GM less need because you can afford to give them that money if you know that you can always hit on your late round draft picks. Cause if right. they were struggling, like, hey man, we gotta we gotta get, you know, get another corner outside of Jalen Ramsey or get an edge rusher. Like they'd been a little bit of trouble, but they hit on the late round draft picks. Veterans want to come. They found a way to get Von Miller last season, so it's just they always find a way. And like when they can find a way, you can afford to give Aaron Donald that. What was it, ninety five million, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. ninety five million through twenty twenty four. That's all, Woo. just ninety five million through twenty twenty four. Not too bad, yeah, not too bad. I'm not mad at that. Uh, I got a I got a tweet from got a tweet from Fabian. I'm trying to understand what he's saying. <laughs> I have to I have to go down a little bit later I'm not too sure what he's talking about but it was a, a really good tweet from our, our buddy or I thought it was a really good tweet from our buddy Fabian so I was going to get to that uh, so we'll get to that in a little bit we'll come back at the top of the hour and I'll, I'll get to I'll get to Fabian's tweet not too sure uh, exactly what it is but Rare Nation we always want to hear from you throughout the course of the show 702-365-9200 in the Salmonash text line 69187 and you know I always like to have a I like to have a topic that I I like to bring to the table. Uh, And obviously with the show starting the way it did today with Trayvon Merrick straight off the top, we didn't really get to set up the show like we normally do. But I did want to ask this question, then we'll go to ABA Ivan Davis. What gets you most excited about the Raiders and thinking about this upcoming season? Now, I realize, I say this knowing it's June 6th. I realize they're working with a 90 man roster right now. Uh, there's not, it's not breaking it down to 53 men. It's not like a game is about to be played on Sunday. I totally get that. But when you sit back and think of the season, I mean, again, we started off the show with Trayvon Merrick here in studio, and he was pumped up just being here for media day. Again, there's a long time between now and training camp, but he even felt like, hey, this is some football activities. This is football stuff. You know, it's like football's right around the corner. So, and you can see he was he was pretty pumped up to be here. So, what? When you think about the Raiders and you think about this upcoming season, what gets you most excited? I want to hear from you on that. 702-365-9200. Now let's go out to the Rare Nation listener line and talk to our guy, ABA Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man?
4: Hey, thanks for taking my call as always, Q. How's it going for you and DeMar? Man? What's uh, up, DeMar?
1: What's <laughs> going on, man? All is good.
4: Okay, uh... That's this has got for me. You know, as a long time. This has got to be the easiest question for me in the history of you ever asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what gets me the most excited is the Derek Carr narrative. This year, you're gonna be able to shut everybody up because I mean, this man has weapons beyond the yin yang. And you want to know that uh, the people respect Derek Carr. Literally, when they got Devontae Adams, they changed the draft process of every team in the division. They went out and got quarters and linebackers trying to figure out how do we cover this weapon that the Raiders now have with a, as accurate a quarterback as Derek Carr is. And that includes the deep ball. His rating on the deep pass is as good as any in the National football. If people call him Checkdown down Charlie, they better read his stats again. And so this time I think, no question, You be able to if Derek Carr can't win with this, then go ahead and play golf. Okay, seriously. Okay, so finally we'll get an end to the Derek Carr narrative. That would be nice.
3: All
1: All right, thank you for the call, my man. I'll tell you what, appreciate it. That would be nice, right? To be able to put that conversation to bed, that would really be nice. And I'll say this about uh, what I've been paying attention to a lot and, and seeing a lot of the national narrative on Derek Carr: I'm seeing a lot more in my opinion, a lot more respect for Derek Carr and his game, and I think that a lot of people, including ABA, Ivan Davis, are uh, expecting a big season from him. I, I really do, and I think that he expects a big season from himself, you know, and, and of course, you know, you go back and look at the numbers and, he, I mean, he threw for 4,800 yards last season, you know what I mean? Like, that's not that, that's that's just a couple couple big games away from 5,000 yards. I mean, that's a, that's a monster game, but it all boils down to wins. You know, it all boils down to wins and losses and, and getting back into the playoffs and making a run, but if he can go out there and have the season that many people I do believe are expecting he, him to have, including himself, I mean, especially with, based off the contract that he signed and the, and the fact that he allowed this, uh, the organization to have it out if they really wanted to. Now, again, I don't think that they're uh, going to need to exercise that, but uh, that just shows the confidence that he has in his game. So uh, I really, I'm really looking forward to that as well. I think that that was a really good answer. I definitely appreciate that. Uh, Dan Orlowski from ESPN, he tweeted out today, Derek Carr is in an elevator. It's a dependent position in a dependent sport. The Raiders ranked dead last in scoring defense in the Derek Carr era since 2014. They, have, they haven't have had a defense that ranked in the top half of the league since 2002. Oh, by the way, they went to the Super Bowl that year. He's also the same guy that put out a tweet saying quarterbacks that you win with, you win because of, and Derek Carr was on that list. So uh, Dan Orlowski has given him a lot of love, and uh, like I said, I'm seeing a lot of more, more of the national narrative. Not that it really matters, but I've seen a lot more of the national folks Uh, giving D.C. some love, and I think that the fact that he's got his running buddy in Devontae Adams, I think that's getting folks excited for the upcoming season. But Raider Nation, I'd love to hear from you. As I mentioned, got Cover 3 coming up at the top of the hour, but we'll definitely take your calls and texts at 702-365-9200 in the Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. When you think about the upcoming season, even though it's plenty of time away, even though it'll be here sooner rather than later, I I say that. I say that it's so far away, but, man, we're already, you know – into June, the first week in June, which I feel like we were just talking about the first week in January, not too long ago. I mean, these these months just fly by. I guess that's part of getting older. But man, oh man, uh, it'll be here sooner rather than later. But uh, when you think about the upcoming season, when you think about the Raiders, what gets you excited? What gets you fired up? Let me know about it. 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.